Hi everyone! Left to our own devices, the conference may be over, but you can still watch the recording at cybellum.com conference. Tune in to listen to FDA updates from FDA executives themselves, learn about AI in automotive from NVIDIA, the AI leader, and listen to product security leaders from Philips, Honeywell, CISA, and more. Go to cybellum.com conference and watch the recording for free. See you at the next event! Hi, this is David. And this is Shlomi. And you've tuned into Left to Our Own Devices, the product security podcast. Hi, this is David and Shlomi here. For this episode of Left to Our Own Devices, the product security podcast, we wanted to do something a little bit different. This has been an incredible year for the product security community, so we wanted to look back at some of the things we learned during our conversations here on the podcast and also at some of the industry events that we attended. We wanted to summarize some of what we thought were the highlights for product security managers so they could be more ready for, for 2023. So, David, let's start with you. What do you think was the product security highlight of 2022? Well, I'd be remiss not to start with the implementation of the most comprehensive cybersecurity regulation for the automotive industry that I believe has ever been implemented. From July 2022, the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe, UNECE, WP29 Regulations on Cybersecurity, or the UN Regulation R155 as it's known, it became mandatory for all new vehicle types. And we have what to look forward to also in 2024, when the regulation will apply also to all vehicles produced in signatory countries, including those in the EU, the UK, and Japan. Shlomi, what was your highlight? So, yeah, this is a great answer. I think for me, this has definitely been the year of ASBOMs, right? It was incredible to see how ASBOM transitioned from being this lesser-known framework to, to, to something that really the entire product security community is, is talking about. It's also become this cross-industry effort. The medical device community has embraced it for a while now. We now we're now seeing um, the automotive manufacturers and even uh, chip manufacturers uh, implementing ASBO management workflows, which is amazing. So David, we talked to some incredible thought leaders this year on the podcast and at events what was the most insightful thing that you learned uh, during our podcast recordings? Well, first, let me put in a plug for one of the previous episodes. You, you talked about S-bombs. Uh, we had an incredible episode with the person we considered to be the S-bomb rock star, Alan Friedman from CISA. So if any of you haven't heard that episode yet, uh, we really, really recommend that you go back and, and have a listen. And on the topic of the emerging importance of SBOMs, so earlier this year, the FDA released their guidelines for cybersecurity and medical devices, quality systems considerations, and content of pre-market submissions. And in our podcast with Dr. Susan Schwartz from the FDA, she noted that the pre-market was intended to be a living document, updating the original pre-market guidelines to meet the evolving market. Now, what's really interesting here is how much it's changed over the last couple of years. And in fact, the original 2013 guidelines were nine pages long. In contrast, the latest guidelines are 40 pages long. 
Yet underneath these 40 pages are, are three common themes, trustworthiness, transparency, and resilience. And at the um, HISAC event that took place in Phoenix just a few weeks ago, Dr. Schwartz in her town hall FDA uh, session, she mentioned that they had received something like 1,200 comments from also from vendors, wow. device manufacturers. Yeah, incredible. They, 1,200 feedbacks on this document <laughs> and that they were working their way to make it, you know, to get it out to the market. And she made it clear in the episode that, that she had with us that the responsibility for medical device cybersecurity lies first and foma- foremost with the device manufacturers and that the FDA has already, already been holding back on approving devices that had cybersecurity vulnerabilities. So this is becoming a really serious prerequisite for bringing devices to market, and manufacturers are already beginning to feel, you know, the the weight of the FDA when it comes to ensuring that their products are vulnerability free before they um, actually come for FDA approval. Right. So, Stormy, what new things have you learned about product security regulation that teams should be aware of in 2023? Right. So I think two things we learned in the past few months, really, that I think we should keep an eye on are, first of all, what is called the EU Resilience Act, uh, which, by the way, may or may not exempt some automotive and medical device manufacturers. We still need to see. But in general, it's very important because it's going to mandate bombs, the creation and management of bombs, starting from a few years from now. So I would highly recommend to uh, keep an eye on that and see how, how this develops. And the second thing, I think for any manufacturers that, any manufacturer that is planning uh, on, on working and distributing in China, uh, the new Chinese automotive cybersecurity regulations are, are very, very interesting because people are saying that they're very descriptive, they're very detailed, which wasn't always the case with previous regulations like ISO 23434. So there is a step forward here, and I think that's something worth uh, learning from and also applying to some of the cybersecurity workflows that, that we have. David, so what are your tips for product security teams in 2023? Uh, thank you for asking, Shlomi. So speaking to the Financial Times on Monday, December 26, the CEO of Europe's Zurich Insurance, Mario Greco, he said that cybersecurity could pose a larger threat to insurers than systematic issues like pandemics and climate change. So the way I see it, yeah, incredible. The way I see it, product security teams need to prepare for several things that I consider to be inevitable. So first of all, governmental and regulatory guidelines and regulations will continue to expand. Since President Biden's executive order on cybersecurity from May of uh, 2021, and with the growing effect of COVID on supply chains around the world, requiring manufacturers to source components from maybe less than vested suppliers. The issue of supply chain security in all related industries has become increasingly front and center for regulators. So product security teams need to understand this. They need to be prepared to implement and integrate, if they haven't already, product security into the entire life cycle from design to post-market. And not to forget the integration of the components from the supply chain. And they need to do this with as much automation as possible. And in addition, and in direct regard to Mario Greco's comments about the threat potential of cyber attacks to products, devices, and the critical infrastructure, 
The product security teams need to realize that SBOM creation is not enough. They need to be able to manage the slew of SBOMs that will be created, and they also need to be able to detect the vulnerabilities. But maybe most importantly at this point, they need to be able to manage risk. They need to be able to understand what the, right. what the impact could be if, if there is a um, cyber attack on, on their organization, on their manufacturing organization. And lastly, if they don't already have one in place, they need to ensure that they have a P-cert in place, a product security incident response team that can react very quickly to newly discovered vulnerabilities to mitigate risk and to limit the damage in the event of an attack. So Shlomi, what do you think was the most important event or product security incident in 2022? Wow. Uh, there have been so, so many of them. You know, I'm thinking of a couple of things at the top of my head. You had David Colombo's very publicized Tesla hacks. You had a Siemens PLC vulnerability, a lot of uh, different automotive OEMs and medical device manufacturers that, that got hit. But I, I really think no other incident was nearly as impact, impactful as Log4j, right? The, the big L. It technically happened in 2021, but we really see the impact of it up until today. If you think of issues like how do I make sure that my products are not uh, vulnerable and how do I find out which ones of them are affected by such a big vulnerability such as Log4j, these are the kinds of questions that we keep hearing about up until today. So I definitely think that that's the number one. And together maybe with SolarWinds, right? right it, it really raised the awareness to supply chain cybersecurity to, to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think what Log4j also showed us is the importance of not only being able to have a product security team in place, but being able to, or the need to automate and to have the ability to look at your products and devices, even once they're in the market, and to be able to track vulnerabilities uh, wherever they are, wherever they're deployed. It doesn't matter if it's in the United States, in Europe, in Asia Pacific, wherever they are, and to be able to then remediate the vulnerabilities, the, the challenges that arise within those products, and to be able to do it quickly. Definitely. So, David, how would you summarize this year? Wow. <laughs> you know, I think this is the year that product security really started to break away from IT cybersecurity to become a category in its own right. Connected products, devices, automobiles, control systems, PLCs, they are here to stay. And we will look back at 2022 as the year when it all really started to take hold and really began to happen when, when product security teams started to become important and visible within the organizations, within the manufacturing organizations, when asset owners started to look back at the device manufacturers and say, hey, um, do you have SBOMs for those uh, products that you are uh, implementing inside of our hospital, inside, you know, for the cars that are going out onto the streets, uh, critical infrastructure? And, and I think that when we look back, we're going to say that 2022 was really the year that product security teams started to elevate to the same type of importance as the IT security teams, also from a, a resources point of view and also from a budget point of view. Right. I couldn't agree more. So with that, Shlomi, I think we both want to wish our listeners a, a great new year ahead, a safe new year ahead, and most importantly, 
that they should really take stock in. And, and this is something Chris, Chris Gates, the, the amazing Chris Gates, who, who wrote the first book on cybersecurity for medical devices, he said to me, he said, you know, I just want all developers, when they're developing products and devices, I want them to think about how secure are these devices? How secure is the open source code that I'm taking off of the internet? How secure are the components that I'm bringing in from, doesn't matter wherever in the world, how can I understand what vulnerabilities potentially lie inside of these products? And I think that that's really the basis of, of everything that we're trying to do, to understand you know, what vulnerabilities are out there, what vulnerabilities are uncovered, and how we can best mitigate risk and be able to remediate any of the uh, challenges that arise. So I wish all of the product security teams out there a great new year to come. And Shlomi, it's been an amazing year. I mean, uh, we started this podcast a year ago specifically for the product security community. And we, you know, just with the amazingly, you know, the growth that we're having in, in the listener community, it's, it's really been fun. And I, and I hope, you know, that everybody sees the value in what we're doing. Definitely. It's been, it's been tons of fun doing that and uh, can't wait to see who else we're going to have on in the coming year. So thanks, David, for the summary and have a great year. Left to Our Own Devices is brought to you by Cybellum. To learn more, visit cybellum.com. <laughs>